What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome, Driven Community. Thanks for joining me for this conversation. We all want to live a driven, inspired, and peaceful life. And together, we're learning to drive further and enjoy the ride. This is What Drives You. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. This is a What Drives Your Health episode, and I titled it, You Don't Have a High Blood Pressure Medication Deficiency. It is caused by something. It's kind of a blunt headline. It's just relevant, though. We could say that concept regarding any medication, but high blood pressure medications have become one of the most common prescriptions in our culture. Current stats put about 50% of Americans on high blood pressure medication with people needing it at younger ages all the time. And like many ailments, we accept this as a norm and taking blood pressure medications is now just like having your morning coffee or your tea. It's just the norm. But at the core, there is a reason that our blood pressure is high. High blood pressure is a symptom of the body not doing what it's supposed to do. Or in truth, the body's trying to, but it can't overcome something that we're doing to it or we're not doing for it. There are actually little side effects to the medication itself, but what else is going on that's not supposed to be? Now, being overweight is a primary correlation, but then you have seemingly fit well people like actor Will Smith a couple of years ago who found out. Or, or, or he came to the understanding he's on high blood pressure medication and he shouldn't really. People wouldn't have thought that. So how does that happen? Well, here I'm joined by my friend, Randy James, medical doctor and functional medicine expert to really try to unpack this issue of high blood pressure medication and help you understand what would be, what would be most helpful for you. Here we go. So in reporting about my own health, I am successfully sleeping with my mouth shut. <laughs> after with the help of tape or yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah with the help of tape yeah but i i mean i've you know literally watching the adventure movie and they you know duct tape somebody's mouth shut and tie him to a chair and i've all i literally i've always said that's it i'd die right there because i can't breathe through my mouth or my nose well enough and i would die well here i am i don't know the majority of my life as i know it mouth breathing and we read the book Breath by, what was it again? James Nestor. That's right. And I, it's taken me a while and I'm sleeping so, uh, silently for one thing. So, so my mouth wife can closed that. and not snoring, not mm. chunky breathing through your nose. No, just that. Me too. Over, I guess, six months now. And uh, when we had traveled, I had not brought tape with me. And I think I kept my mouth closed. Okay. So that was kind of encouraging, but yeah. you know, you don't know. Um, yeah. I've been thinking about oral health and I, if people say, well, what's the worst thing and, uh, or the best thing like you do, you know, what's the pillars, what can I do? And one of the things I would say is less carbs on your teeth. Yeah. I obviously brush your teeth. Okay. So brush floss, uh, and less carbs and less air. What do you mean? Keep your mouth closed. Oh, yeah. Less everything. <laughs> Don't eat. <laughs> Don't breathe. Less air. And, and it was the show we did called How to Breathe. And we talked about this book by James Nestor. And basically that. It's, you know, advocating nose breathing and not mouth breathing, which we, as a culture, mouth breathe more. Can't breathe through our nose because of lots of different reasons. And yeah, for me, my gosh, if I'm going to eat a bunch of sugar at night, it's going to make it hard. But anyway, so there's a, a testimony. My other one, check out my shirt. You see it? Oh, do the do. Yeah, I did a <laughs> duathlon this last weekend. I think uh, I got sixth place in the men. I think the five guys in front of me all had 20 years less on me. And I was proud of that. So I'm the one guy with a little bit of gray showing and and uh, just grateful for Gosh, ability, mobility for the health. Capacity. Capacity. Yeah. There you go. Resilience. Yep. Almost on the platform. Almost on the platform. <laughs> well, speaking of capacity, so blood pressure. Somebody had asked about this. A listener asked about uh, asked us to do a show. We did one recently on thyroid and got so many good responses for that. So um, 
So let's talk about this. So as I often do, start with the stats. CDC says nearly half of adults in the United States, half, 108 million, that's actually 45%, have hypertension defined as systolic blood pressure um, and take a medication. Well, you have to, systolic blood pressure over 130, I'm assuming. Yes, 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 exactly. Okay. Exactly, over 130. So I was in layman's terms for those who, like me, are not a doctor. What is high blood pressure? It's called hypertension. It's that the blood pressure is higher than normal. Your blood pressure changes throughout the day based on your activities. Having high blood pressure measures uh, consistently, having high blood pressure measure consistently above normal may result in a diagnosis of high blood pressure. What are the symptoms? Most people who have high blood pressure do not have symptoms. That's right. The silent killer. The silent is really? Okay. Uh, in some cases, people have high blood pressure and have a pounding feeling in their head or chest, a feeling of lightheadedness or dizziness or other signs. So again, this is, and those guys are often, they're very high blood pressure. Oh, so by the time you're having symptoms from high blood pressure, you have significantly high blood pressure. I remember a patient coming in here, a new patient one time came in, this is when you and I started working early and they're you know looking at the big picture, but you looked at the guy and. His wife's saying, uh, I think it's And you said, you, you're, you took yeah. your, your blood pressure. You, you need to be on meds now. Yeah. The, the ticking time bomb, right? The walking yeah. time bomb. And, and, and that is something I want to encourage people as they're thinking, listening to us, thinking about functional medicine is you can't forget. You can't forget the things we already know about typical medicine. Like high blood pressure is still bad. Now, it doesn't mean that you're you're born with a deficiency of lisinopril or amlodipine or these medicines, but it doesn't mean that it's good to skip your medicines and then go off and try to eat right for a few days in a row. There, there's a value to get the blood pressure down, and and I I don't want people to think that that natural is better or something. I mean, the, Wait, thank God we natural have natural is better. But if you're in an acute place, but if you're I mean, if already, I, whether you're 30 or 80, if you're already 200 over 120, let's not talk about your diet. Let's get the blood pressure right, down. Right. And then talk and about then talk. Oh, right. Right. Again, because I'm saying that's that's a, that's an acute thing. So if I slice your arm uh, open right now, you yeah. say, no, no, I don't do Band-Aids. <laughs> that's right. right. Know, God I, did not make me since a deficiency I'm of Band-Aids. actively bleeding. Let's do a Band-Aid, <laughs> but let's figure out how to. Quit getting your arm sliced so that you're not <laughs> That's bleeding. That's right. Well, and, and I looked at, you know, what is untreated uh, high blood pressure lead to? And of course it says heart attack, uh, stroke. I mean, uh, brain clogs. I mean, this is bad stuff. So why do we get high blood pressure? This is CDC stuff yeah. for the most part. Why do we get, this is what the CDC says. Uh, common factors that lead to it, a diet high in salt, fat, and or cholesterol, Chronic conditions such as kidney and hormone problems, diabetes, and high cholesterol. Family history, especially if your parents or other close relatives have high blood pressure. Okay, you're giving me high blood pressure. Okay. Okay. This is this is, this CD, is but I want but, but it's I know, I know. That's why I wanted to start here, because this is where the majority of us regular people go and look at Dr. Google. Yeah. And this is what it tells us. Yeah. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah, it's family history. Uh-huh. Uh, it's my dad's fault. My dad had it. Therefore, I'm going to have it. Salt? I mean, really? Are, are, are we in the 2000s? <laughs> this is a, Well, yeah, but 2021, yesterday afternoon in Google, I put in uh, why, and this is and what this is what up. comes up. It's, it's frustrating. And at the same time, people can't hear me as saying no salt doesn't matter for anybody ever. It's just such a low, low... Uh, priority when, you know, we are now dealing with the consequences of the last 40 years of people trying to do a low salt diet. Yeah. So people think salt is unhealthy. So people usually younger than you and I, our age and younger, because their parents all have hypertension and they've grown up with dad, you know, oh, we can't have salt on the table because dad's got high blood pressure. He still takes his medicine. He still does whatever. The low salt diet doesn't help. And now we have a, a, a whole generation of people not doing salt and therefore they have a thyroid epidemic because they have no iodine because most people are going to only get iodine from salt. And I'm not saying go out and have a high salt diet. I'm saying freely salt your food. But if you're, if you're having a problem with sodium, the, with salt, it means you're eating too much processed food. Yeah. Make your own food and salt it yourself with a good quality salt that, that 
has that where you have an awareness of iodine, right? If you're doing sea salt, you're not getting any iodine. You've got to be aware of that. And, and salt to taste, the likelihood, if you're also sleeping and exercising and doing all the other things that we talk about, that salt is going to be your trigger towards hypertension is very, very low. Okay. So let me make layman's terms. So the grocery store over here, if I go in and I go to the middle aisles, all the aisles in the middle, and I'm eating out of there, out of boxes and bags and whatever, processed foods for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, and they have salt. They also have an ungodly amount of other chemicals that you can't pronounce in them. That's bad. That's, that's not going to help. Right. It's and, bad on many, many fronts. Yeah. Salt and chemicals and lots of different things are, are going to be in there. If I eat from the outside aisles, the, the outer aisles, the produce, the meats, the dairy, the whatever, all the stuff that's on the outside, then add salt with iodine. I'm good. You're more likely to be good. Okay, good. <laughs> that's that's right. Okay. It, the the it's these lingering truisms that even the CDC would you know says salt and family history, and it's like, well, it, it gives a person who's 35, and the doctor says, "Gosh, your blood pressure's a little elevated." Oh well, my dad had it, and it's like, yeah, you know, let's just go ahead and start you on a medicine because we want to protect your heart. You don't want to die of a heart attack, and and the guy has to think. Okay, you know, and so now you're tied to this version of American medicine from now on forevermore. And even worse, you think it's good. You think, well, thank goodness I have good benefits through my work. And you're paying a thousand dollars a month for a five dollar pill, five dollars per month. Yeah. And it it just I remember guys saying that to you when you transitioned from a pseudo traditional practice to this, now you're gonna pay cash for actual deep work and getting well and a guy saying ah, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just, just take, take my pills, <laughs> <laughs> take pills. yeah which yep. okay. but, which we laugh at and yet i do it to a lesser degree and other sure, areas we're all on the spectrum we're all on the spectrum well <laughs> you say in family history so let's go back to that family history we did a show on genetics i want to give credit to that we did a show so we talked about the reality that the, you you actually gave more credit to genetics than i expect you to but then also how much gravity should we uh, give them? But now coming back here and saying high blood pressure, family history, when you're saying that in frustration, I'm hearing more than family history, it's family habit. Yeah, I would agree with that, that the father to son or parent to children connection has more likely to do with how we ate and exercised together as a family over the course of time in our zone. Yeah. We're Midwestern, we're on the coast, we live here, we live there. And, and that has likely more to do with it. And now we live in an in a age when most kids don't live in the same city as their parents and that kind of thing, and, and we're spread further out. And But we're still living in the same culture, right? Like life in Denver is not that much different than life in Chicago. And, and so it's, it's the, it's the environment that, that we find ourselves in that's much more likely related to, um, the, the family history connection. And at the same time, is there family history? Absolutely. So, so break the chain, right? Like, like we would say, don't, don't live like people in, in your past, um, which is easier said than done, but don't, if, if all you say is family history, then you've got nothing to do because mm -hmm. you can't change your parents. You can't change your genetics. You can change the, your epigenetics, the environment within which you are raising your own genes. You can change that. And I just did a different show and kind of talking on this. And we talked about that you have a propensity, yep. possibly a predisposition yep. that you feed and further or you starve and limit. Okay. Yeah. You nurture on one yeah. side or you starve on the other side. Yeah. Down the so hypertension down this pathway. One of the things I wanted to bring up is we 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 say high blood pressure, we say hypertension, and everybody thinks, oh yeah, that's old people associated, and and why why do we even think about that? Why do we measure it? How long has it been around? And 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 how to think about it in terms of of layman terms? And so because it's also quite difficult to get an accurate blood pressure. People don't really know that they sit in the chair at Safeway. If you remember that chair that was there for a while and. And, or you go to the dentist, to the doctor on your once a year checkup or whatever. And, and, um, but it's actually, so what is blood pressure? What is the tension within the blood and why do we care about it at all? And at the end of the day, because you don't feel it, the only reason we measure blood pressure and cholesterol, 
because it doesn't make you, if you have good blood pressure, do you feel smarter, younger? Do you run better? Are you a better husband, father? Do you work better? Mm. And I would say, well, if you have symptomatic high blood pressure, then yeah, you would. But between normotension or normal blood pressure and symptomatic high, there's usually decades of time and you're not going to notice any changes. You know, I mean, I keep coming back to resting heart rate just because I look at it as a measurement of my own you know, wellness, how I'm doing, if I have high blood pressure, am I by proxy going to have a higher resting heart rate? Not by proxy. Really? Well, the thing that would cause a higher blood pressure is also a thing that would likely cause a higher heart rate. They're not, Uh, they're correlative. Because again, layman's terms, I'm just thinking your body is working harder. Right. Yeah. Is your body sitting there as a machine? Yeah. It's working. So if I'm laying there at night, instead of my heart rate being at 45, boom, boom, boom at rest and healing itself, recovering, it's working harder to deal with whatever. Okay. Yeah. But it's working harder as a consequence of all of the things that led to right. high blood pressure are all of the things that would have also been leading to high heart rate and high cholesterol and the reason we measure this and even, you know, your CDC measurement of hypertension and I saw the map, right? The, the red map (laughs) of it's worse in the Southeast and here and there um, is because it's a heart attack stroke. This is what kills most people on the planet is the combination of blood pressure, cholesterol. Why? In, in, if I'm now I'm putting you on the spot, like what's so bad about hypertension? What, what's, what does it do? I don't know. Yeah. And most people don't. They're like, oh yeah, high blood pressure. Okay. That, but then when you go, everybody can conceptualize high blood pressure. It's so common, but almost nobody will say, oh yeah, what, what does that do? If, you know, if we, if you heard an Achilles tendon or something, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't walk. Here's the direct consequence. But within, within the blood pressure realm, people don't associate it with, well, what is this doing? And, and I think it'll bring it home for people to say, okay, as you conceptualize what this is doing, uh, because as I'm reading and studying and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going on in me right now. Like right now, my blood pressure is a little bit higher than it could have been. Yeah. And, and what's that doing? So what is heart attack stroke? Why does heart attack stroke happen? And, and again, people don't think about this because it's, it's old people. It's our grand, you know, it's, it, you well, die over here. And I said, that's not I, what's happening. I think of the Godfather and it's a big, and this is terrible, <laughs> but, but it's this huge Italian guy with a stogie and a, and a, hey, and a drink. Just go kill him. And a drink. Yeah. Sitting there eating uh, pasta covered in sauce and weighs 300 pounds and he's, oh, take his blood pressure medication and the ticker's about to quit and <laughs> to quit. And, uh, and that's, that's it. And then, you know, this came to light for me watching the red table talk, uh, which was, it was September, 2019. So Will Smith uh, and his family do this red table talk on YouTube, or I don't know where it is, but somebody told us about it, uh, because Dr. Mark Hyman was on there. So they did it and he came and it was this confession to his family. So it's Will Smith, I mean, the guy's, you know, six, four, most of the movies I see him in, he's pretty built. He got big muscles, smart guy. I mean, king of the universe. And he comes on there in the course of this divulging to his family of health problems he has. We find out he's been on high blood pressure medication for like two years. And he just didn't think anything about it. My blood pressure is high. Take a med. He's Will Smith. It looks good. I, I, wasn't it longer? I remember oh, that. Is, it? I thought it was I 10 know. years. Oh. And then even over the course of him training for Muhammad Ali and he was fit. And well, he, still he looked un- fit. He just, that, and that's what he said. He learned how to look fit, but apparently he wasn't internally fit. Yeah. That. So he's not so the there, godfather. There we go. It's not, not the godfather. godfather picture. He's over here it, juking and, and doing all his workout and gaining muscle and whatever. And he's on high blood. Um, that yeah. didn't, that didn't calculate for me. Like, well, how does that happen? I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill 
bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. You all know I greatly value and pursue my health and wellness, and I'm always looking for better products and resources. Nutritional supplements are a staple for me, and a must is a probiotic to support my gut health and function. A probiotic is something I've taken each and every day for the long-term cumulative benefits. Seed is a company that makes a symbiotic, which is actually a unique mix of probiotics and prebiotics. Probiotics are beneficial bacteria and prebiotics are food for these bacteria. So Seed's symbiotic containing both helps balance my gut bacteria. So together, the Seed DSO1 symbiotic benefits my gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. Taking seeds, DSO1 symbiotic, and avoiding the foods I know my body is sensitive to has taken me from constant digestive problems to almost none. I trust seeds clinical trials and breakthrough research that's been published in top scientific journals. You can entrust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash drive and use code 25DRIVE to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash drive, code 25DRIVE. That didn't calculate for me. How does that happen? So that I'm hoping translates to people listening to say, oh, it's 108 million people, adults. That's half of us, adults, almost. And on the spectrum of where we would say blood pressure. And so I want to put the picture in people's mind, what this is doing on the inside of the arteries. And then also, okay, well, how do we think about it? Like, how do people, how do we measure this? Like you're measuring your heart rate. Are you measuring your blood pressure? Okay. No. Yeah. Well, and so well, you should be. Okay. And, and we all should. So, but at what, how often and how do you do it? So why do we care about this? Well, because at the end of this road, Will Smith, you know, he's still doing a life. He's still successful, but he's on a medicine. And over the course of time, he's less likely to be as successful as he could be over time. What you and I talk about over time, resiliency, capacity, and those kind of things. He would more likely have been a better Muhammad Ali if his molecules and body had been performing a little bit better, but they weren't. And of course we don't know, right? We cannot, it's theoretical. Well, it's, you say that you have evidence-based. Can't you go with that? I mean, if we look at it statistically, we'd say, there you go. Maybe he was the best Muhammad Ali, even though he was the muffin man is what he was saying (laughs) and eating all this, eating all this junk. But at some point he's, I think he's probably as older, older than we are. He is going to encounter a limitation, uh, an uh, incapacity quicker than he would. Right. The statistics, the likelihood yeah. that his resiliency would be curtailed sooner rather than later is yeah. there. Yeah. And therefore, a 
an aspiring Will Smith. And even in the show, he testifies to the fact like, oh, well, I am willing to change in order to be becoming the kind of guy that doesn't need a blood pressure medicine because what's going on in your arteries is going on. It is happening. And so pressure is, and I keep going like this because picture an artery. Mm -hmm. So on the inside of that artery, uh, and now your blood pressure. So the pressure is pushing against the walls of the artery more than what it would have been doing. That's blood pressure. Because of junk in the arteries? Uh, well, Build it's, up? You know, it's, it's, it's why the blood pressure is higher is very, very complex. So let's come oh, back to that one. Sure. But what's it doing? Why do we care? So if you look at heart attack stroke, and I can't remember if we've talked about this on the show, but it took us 40 or 50 years to figure this out. What it's, it's not that your arteries clog up. That's not how a heart attack stroke happens or that people think that, I thought. that there's gunk in there yeah. and there is a plaque. Uh -huh. Okay. But let's think about it. And so a good analogy is, is your hand, your hand. If I have your hand, you're going to have bigger calluses than me because you're cutting wood and doing stuff with the kids and all that. So there's friction, right? right? There's pressure. You're grabbing a, ax handle and doing stuff or a hammer or whatever. And over the course of time, you get, we all have some degree of calluses right there on, on our hand because of the, the, it's not that the hammer put a callus on your hand. Your skin is responding to a stimulus in a way that says we got to protect right. ourselves. If I held it motionless, it wouldn't do anything. It's the movement and the friction one against the other. Okay. Over time. Okay. Okay. Imagine that going on with inside the artery. Okay. All right. Over time, there's friction. There's, and let's just say friction is life. So with inside the artery, everything that you're putting into your artery, the pressure that you're putting in there, the amount of hydration, the amount of stress, or the lack of sleep, right. all, all of those kind of things. But is it still like junk in there? No. It's okay. No, no. So it's hitting the edge of the artery. Okay. Now we have to drop in a very important word, the endothelium. The lining of your artery is a single celled layer. Heart disease, heart attack stroke is a consequence of the function of the endothelium. This is it. It is not plaque on the, or it is plaque, but the, the plaque develops because of the metabolism of the endothelium. The endothelium is a single cell. It's, it's, and it's responding to the environment of the blood. What is the blood telling the endothelium? What's the endothelium telling the blood, hmm. right? This is, this is going on for every millisecond, every time in your brain and in your body and in your heart. And so, uh, so now imagine the skin of, of like a peach, mm -hmm. a succulent, delicate peach skin. And if you drop it, you get a bruise again, the, or, or just even in your own skin or back to the, the hand, the friction, there's two things, the hammer and, and the ability of the skin to respond. If you did that to a corpse, there would not be the development of, of a callus. Right. The, the skin isn't responding. So the endothelium responds to what's going on in the blood and the consequence of that. If you go underneath the endothelium, what's the very next cell layer that you see? The immune system. Hmm. the immune system is responding in a, an inflammatory way. We talked about inflammation a lot and the inflammation resolution. So here comes the friction of life. Uh, like, oh, in this case, pressure. Oh, wow. This guy's nervous about something. His name's Kevin Miller. He's getting ready to go do a, a speech and he's nervous. His blood pressure is going up and the skin is responding to that. It's friction uh -huh. on the side of the endothelium. And then you do your speech and you relax and you go back down and the blood pressure drops back down and the skin is responding to that. And when the blood pressure is higher, there's more friction per se. The skin is, or the endothelium is responding to that in a way that contributes to the development of what we call then a plaque. Okay. It's a, it's a callus on the inside, but it's not fat. It's not junk. It's not gunk. Your body is responding to the information that you're giving it. And you're giving your body the information that leads to hypertension. Okay. Cause yeah, I'm back to my mafia guy and I'm sitting there thinking one more bite of stromboli. 
and boom, he finally packs it in. There's enough gunk and he has a heart attack. And yet the depictions that we see, I haven't seen it myself, but so often when somebody has some traumatic event and their anxiety comes up and boom, it causes it a heart attack. That's that can't, right? You can die of a broken heart. This happens more uh, Takusobu's uh, congestive heart failure or something like that. But more often women who will be in a stressful situation that's just beyond the pale of whatever and and they get nervous and, and the hormone response happens so strongly that it can actually occlude hmm. the blood vessels and which is what a coronary event is and you get a little, you get a heart attack. An infarction, which means the the coronary artery closes off either from uh you know clamping down in that case for somebody being so nervous about something or what happens within if if you have you ever heard of a gymnast have you ever seen a gymnast's hands yeah yeah <laughs> the like if you're on the high bar you're swinging on your your hand yeah. and with even the typical gymnast and they weigh 150 pounds or whatever, but that's about 600 pounds of pressure. When you hit the bottom, you've got to be holding 600 pounds of pressure. And, and so it's rubbing your skin. So they have huge calluses yeah. and oftentimes they'll rip. Yeah. So the callus, it's have disgusting. you ever ripped a callus? Uh-huh. Okay. That's what causes heart attack stroke. Okay. It's not the callus gets bigger, bigger, bigger with inside the artery and eventually closes off. No, it rips off. Wow. And that's the clot that goes downstream, causes heart attack or stroke. All of that for to get a callus or a plaque, atherosclerosis within your artery, that process takes about 30, 40 years, right? It begins in your teens. We're not eating well. The blood pressure is going up with genetics and salt and stress and blah, 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 blah. And then people in their 50s, yeah. 60s, 70s have these events happen. And that that feels, uh, that seems reasonable. That's what we, that's what I expect is that, well, back to- everything we're growing it yeah so we are growing a heart attack we never yeah. i have not ever experienced somebody come along and say yeah you know somebody who are 22 years old and fit and trim and boom out of a sudden they caught a heart attack you know <laughs> it it that's one that i'm sure there's again there's always exceptions some rare case and some uh, deformity out there but for the most part we do see that this happened over such a long period of time though again i'm usually used to seeing the signs you can see the signs on Will Smith over here, I don't see the signs. And so you what, just didn't look in the right spot. Okay. Well, we, so we assume though that that similar things between my mafia boss over here and Will, they're doing them. He's just doing some, some good things as well to offset it maybe, or to hide it. I don't, I don't know. Well, like we say, there's everything's related to everything. And you know, the, the carotid ultrasound that we do. Yeah. So the remember the scale, the pink line and the blue line of well, well so, explain. so this so is an ultrasound of, yeah. of the carotid artery. Yeah. And and in this case, we're measuring what I just talked about. How thick is your callus, so to speak, uh -huh. on the inside of the of the endothelium? Yeah. And it's measuring the the thickness of the arterial walls. Okay, well, if it's thicker, then presumably this process is going on. And we, which I, I want to pause. I love that measurement. That's one of those things that says, okay, because when I did mine, you know, I was whatever I was, you know, 47 or 48 and it did the measurement and said, yeah, your measurement ha is the health of a you know, 35 year old or something like that. And of course I want my insurance company to go, oh, we're going to lower your insurance because of that. But, and I would say big whopping deal. Really? It, yeah. Because it's it, when you were 45, oh, this is the equivalent of a, of a 60 year old Okinawan. Oh, well, okay. Or go to any blue zone. Who cares what the average American That's true. carotid thickness is? I don't want to know <laughs> what the, the average American is hypertensive. That's what we just said is 108 million. So literally who cares? I mean, but at the same time, it's a data point that, okay, we're, we're trying to understand this. What I really want to know is what's the CI carotid intima media thickness of the Okinawans. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to go look that which, up. Which, which, okay, so you're saying that that's out of the the Blue Zones book that we talk about so much by Dan Butner of the healthiest people, and that was a cult. That's a culture uh, along with what do you have five different cultures around the world where they were in essence the healthiest. It was the focus at face value was where they lived the longest, but it was they lived the wellest. They were also just healthy, and uh, yeah. So by quality, so and quality. by. By by proxy, then what is that measuring stick? Uh, and it would be very interesting to know how thick those guys' arteries yeah. are. 
And my, my point for bringing that up was the increasing thickness, when does it begin? Immediately? I, I mean, at Essentially. birth? I don't know. In the teens. That's when you can start to see. And there's the average girl line, the average boy line. And then at what point does that increasing thickness equal atherosclerosis? And, and then you just, that we talk about that all the time. We're all on the spectrum of this increasing thickness. I mean, well, and as we go through that, and you and I, we've gone through, you know, adrenal fatigue and dementia and Parkinson's and things like that. And of course, from a functional medicine standpoint, what causes the fruition of those pathologies? And we would say, well, it's everything, your sleep, your eating, your, you know, blah, blah, blah. But where are the, where are some primary things that cause that manifestation? Like with Parkinson's, you said, um, environment was a big thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Exposures. Which, exposure, uh, more so than diabetes, where it's more of a, you know, an intake mm -hmm. type thing. Mm -hmm. So to this too, to high blood pressure, because as a, again, layman's terms, I tend to think mainly of, yeah, fatty. I mean, by culturally, there's, ah, they're eating fatty foods, they're overweight, they're at risk for high blood pressure, which the CDC, if you look through their stuff, that is primarily what they'll come to is weight. They'll say the biggest causation is being overweight. And even and it was interesting. I happened to see this. They said, even if you got two guys that both weigh 50 pounds, they're both 50 pounds overweight. Okay. They both weigh 230 pounds and they're 50 pounds overweight. If one of them, however, is active, and is uh, is overweight, but is maybe eating better, is active, whatever. Now this is CDC. I'll see what you say. They said it's they're still they haven't they're not that much better of a risk because uh, if they're if they're overweight, it's still uh, there's there's it doesn't change that much. So being overweight, out of shape, or overweight fit doesn't seem to matter so much. When it, comes, when it comes to which guy's going to get blood risk pressure, high for blood pressure. high blood pressure, yeah, if they're overweight. So weight is what they showcases you, which again, I, I, I would, I would disagree okay. it, it, with a, with a nuance there. And in fact, this is a problem. Uh, if we haven't done a show on, on obesity or on overweight, uh, most people will think that their other comorbidities that, uh, are caught like hypertension are caused by being overweight. And I would argue this, that they're both consequential. And, and then once both metabolic processes are happening, they both make each other worse. Okay. So it, it does overweightness cause hypertension. And I would say it's, it's whatever caused overweightness is also going on in hypertension. And so it's kind of like two streams with different consequences. And, and sometimes that happens in both people. In fact, yeah, they often travel in pairs overweightness, diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol. They, they, so if I'm eating in the way, eating the types of foods, right. if we just look at that, yeah, let's say eating types of foods and I'm having high stress and anxiety and I'm not recovering and I gain weight, those things that help me gain weight are also the things that help me have high blood pressure. Yeah. Not so much the fact of if I took 50 pounds of flesh and smacked it on your body, you wouldn't say, oh, now he's got high blood pressure. Right. It's the things that added to that. Even though people do think that like, oh, you got to yeah. push all that blood through yeah. 50 pounds of extra. That is true. So now the weight is um, making the blood pressure worse. Okay. So it's, so Will Smith didn't have that part. He was apparently in, in his testimony dietarily and, you know, maybe right. stress. Well, and let's say another big important thing is, uh, it, it is more common in African-Americans. Oh. To absolutely genetically, yeah. absolutely. I, I think Mark Hyman talked about that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah, sure. And but here's what we don't have: we don't have a blue zone of American uh, African Americans. What do you mean? Uh, we don't have a control group of of African American culture that in America. I'm getting my words confused because black people, African-Americans, if, if they live in Africa, I would call them Africans. Yeah. And, but let's just say a genetic well, and black over, race. And over there, I would, I would think they probably, like the, the, Ethiop the Ethiopian ath elite runners that lived with us, you know, doing their high altitude training probably were not at any higher risk of. I, I would, I would presume that, so. That they are here in America. I would presume it's a cultural so. thing. It's a different culture over there. Yeah. 
Uh, that's right. But when those different cultures move to America, yeah, they they do have by race. And now we're back to the genetics. Uh, yeah. A higher risk. This is true. Huh. That's why, you know, the the map of America and the Southeast having more hypertensive and part of it is race. But the problem is, people then say, "Oh, it's 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 genetics." I, I, yes, and we don't have a control group of people of a, of of African American people that in America say in the middle of I don't know Montana or whatever that. Yeah. have a different nutrition, exercise, sleep, mind, body, Habit. stress habits yeah. in order to say, oh, when when this racial group gets put into this cons environment, the risk goes away. Yeah. So so is it the environment or is it and it, of course it's both. Yeah. So so here we are with with the uh, the idea that that we have to deconstruct and say no. In fact, just yesterday, 50-year-old woman, you know, uh, calling to be a p- potential patient, and she said the words, you know, if I could just lose weight, then all these other things would go. And I said, well, even if you don't become a patient, I can relieve you of that burden. Yeah. That, yes, you should lose the weight, but that isn't going to be the likely solution for everything. So... So, well, and that was, that, again, that was to Will Smith. The guy didn't need to lose weight at that time. He has high blood it, pressure. He's, it, he's pooping like one, literally pooping once a week, I think is what he said. He has all these things that were, I think they primarily came back to diet. There were some lifestyle things, but he was doing those things. But he was also over here exercising and running and doing things. So he did not get fat. He did not showcase what we would expect for. Hypertension. And I guarantee you his doctor said, well, it's genetic. You're African-American. We expect these kind of things. And you might have even had the doctor say, well, gosh, you're not overweight. So who, who knows? You're a fluke. Here's your meds. And here's, and, and, but I also, it was so interested to hear you've got this incredibly intelligent guy and he didn't know better than to question it. And he talks about that in the show. I'm not picking on him. He talks about that. He says, I didn't know. He says, I can't believe. We don't know what we don't know. I ate food for pleasure. That's all food to me. That was it. It was for pleasure. And that's what changed. And now he's, and and again, folks, it was a September, 2019 is the show I'm talking about December. I think if I've got it right, 2019 is when they did a follow-up show that showed the results of their blood work. And it was an advanced diagnostic from a functional medicine standpoint by Dr. Mark, Mark Hyman, just what, you know, very similar to what you do. And uh, they made big changes in their diet, in their uh, you know, nutritional supplements, in their sleep and anxiety. And it was, a, it was really neat to see it come from that level. Yeah, especially through the lens of somebody that we as a culture would say, oh, the guy's got it all together. And, uh, and yet he didn't know. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So my book and this podcast are named What Drives You. And what drives us to great things is our own values, our known values. When we go astray, it's because we've lost sight of our values. Therapy is key for helping you clarify what matters most to you so you can do more of it. I was late to taking advantage of therapy. It was only for crisis, but now myself and most of the rock stars I have on my show get therapy regularly. 
For most people, the main hurdle is starting therapy. I recommend you try BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's flexible. It's suited to your schedule. And trying it doesn't involve an afternoon of your time and all the hassle. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapist anytime, no additional charge. You can learn to make time for what is most valuable to you. So visit BetterHelp.com slash what drives you today. You get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash what drives you. It was a, it was really neat to see it come from that level. Yeah. Especially through the lens of somebody that we as a culture would say, Oh, the guy's got it all together. And, uh, and yet he didn't know. One of the things that I think people don't know also is how do you measure blood pressure? How do you know what your blood pressure is? I put the cuff on is all I know. (laughs) So measuring blood pressure is actually quite a big pain in the rear because so many people get diagnosed with, Oh, your blood pressure is high, uh, from one measurement. You know, but like even the CDC, the very first thing you said is your blood pressure changes throughout the day, depending Mm -hmm. upon what you're doing. So if you're running, it should go up. If you're under stress, it should go up. If you're going to give a speech, it should go up. Uh, Just with your heart rate and things like that, you're performing and your blood pressure. If I come in to see you as a doctor and I'm nervous about being here, I feel self-conscious. I'm I'm afraid of what you're saying. You're going to take my blood pressure and it's automatically going to be jacked. That's right. So how do we know actually what the blood pressure is? And it's actually quite a challenging thing, especially like a lot of our patients don't want to be on a medicine. So how do we know what the exact measurement is? So this is what I tell people. And so for people listening, this is doable. These days you can buy a pretty good blood pressure cuff. that's automatic. You want to get the one that goes above your elbow, the bigger cuff uh, that's automatic for, you know, 50 bucks kind of a thing. And I think every home should have one, you know, just like you've got a, toothbrush you've got a you've got things that give you you've got a fancy watch that you paid a lot of money for in order to give you these kind of things but but it, it would be good for us to know at 50 what's your blood pressure and here's how you measure your blood pressure so you buy a cuff and then one week out of them of of well in our case once a year to do a week-long blood pressure check hmm. and this is how you would do it at at least twice a day at different times a day after at least three minutes, maybe four of rest, measure, measure blood pressure. So what most people make the mistake of is they put it by their bed, they measure it in the morning, they measure it at night. It meaning they, we don't get a postprandial or after you eat, after exercise, we don't. Mm. And, and they, and, and, um, or they come, it's at the dinner table and they come in and huff and they're sort of whatever, and they don't rest. So you want to give yourself three to five minutes of just sitting there, arm, the blood pressure, arm and heart level. So you're not having it up here too low or laying down or whatever. Do it the same way each time. Measure it two or three times a day at different times a day for a week and average it. Hmm. That's your blood pressure. Right. So if somebody comes in and we measure it high, I say, okay, look, it's high, but I don't want to be on medicine. Now, again, if it's 180 over something, then we're going to have a different conversation. Uh, So before we go there, What's high blood pressure? What's the number that you would think of as, okay, now I never, it's high? I never remember. I don't know. <laughs> I, whenever I've had it, it's probably been two, three years since I had it done. What's the famous line that everybody knows, except for maybe you? Well, except for me, what? <laughs> 120 over 80, right? That oh. normal blood pressure I, is 120 over 80. I know 80. they always just say, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I always get, oh, wow, yours is low. low. It's great. It's, yeah. And, and how much is that is genetic? How much of that is credit to you and doing whatever? And, and we won't know, you know, that that's not the right question is, well, keep doing those kind of things. And well, but I did, and I, I, we, we veered off this. I was trying to come to the question of what, you know, are there, what are the specifics? So if somebody's out there with high blood pressure or not wanting to, again, you know, with, we could say it's everything, but like with Parkinson's, you pulled out another environment has There's a big a, thing. Specific is, things is there any, it, what are the specific advocacies or culprits we we veered off the actual what is high blood pressure and then we'll get to the specifics everybody's on the spectrum yeah okay so this is an easy we We all have blood pressure otherwise we're dead Uh, that's right if you're zero you're dead if you're 500 over 300 you're dead right that can't happen so everybody's on the spectrum so where then do we draw the line and say oh that that's too high you get a in America, it, I assume that line it, is higher than it used to be. Well, now we have the word prehypertension. 
All right. Right. So, so pre, pre everything. Everybody's pre, everybody's pre diabetic <laughs> and pre, yeah. So pre, 120 pre over 80. Zilly said pre death. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my, uh, when we sell supplements, I think we ought to say, hey, everybody, you're pre death. You are pre death. <laughs> <laughs> Stave off death one more day. Yeah. Um, you, so on the spectrum, so 120 over 80. And, and now, uh, so JNC8 just came, Joint National Congress number eight. So there's been eight national congresses on def, the definition of high blood pressure, right? And it took them 10 years because it's so highly debatable. They couldn't come down to what do the experts think that here is where blood pressure is the, you know, pre and the pathologic mark. And here's where we put a medicine in and all of that. So one, uh, now depending upon age, sort of 130 over, well, again, depending upon age, uh, they moved it up. 140 over 90 used to be. Now, if you're younger with no comorbidities, it's even 150 uh, over 90 before you would start a medicine. But if you have diabetes, it's 135 over 85 if you have diabetes or okay. other heart disease or something like that. All of that is based on pathology. That's where I get frustrated is you're making lines based on comorbidities. What about you and I? Where, where is awesome blood pressure? Yeah, and I would say that this is the way risk begins. You are putting pressure on the system. Like, like think about driving. Are you putting your life at risk? Risk begins when you start moving the car. Yeah, <laughs> and it's higher if you don't have a seatbelt on. It's higher if you drank a glass of wine. If you're it's doing one hundred and twenty, if you're doing one hundred and twenty, you're you're higher. Risk begins at 115 over 75. Okay. So to you as a guy who says, I want to be, where, where's the ideal blood pressure? Okay. We should have One, brought a cuff in here to do what, it. What, 110 over, over 70. What about 90 over 60? What about 85 over 40? If you, if, you know, if you show up with an 85 over 40, they're going to go, are you okay? And I would say the, Lowest blood pressure is is ideal with no symptoms. Okay. Okay. So as low as possible with no symptoms. But what if you can't feel the symptoms, right? Like at 85 over 40, you might say, oh, I'm fine. Well, are you actually getting blood pr pressure pumping through your little bitty toe down here in order to stave off? I would say you're fine. Problems? But if I take off sprinting up that hill, am I going to pass out? Are you going to pass out? That's right. Yeah, you have capacity. Gonna, right. And, and my family, my, my parent, my mom, who's not overly on the healthy side, always has low heart rate, low blood pressure. And so there's probably wow. a genetic thing going on there. And, uh, but she would not be able to sprint up that hill. And, uh, and, and so for people to, you know, because everybody wants to boil down, like what's, and I would say 115 over 75 above that is where the risk begins. Risk okay. is now accumulating. So you might say, oh, but I'm 120 over 80. Oh, well, okay. But what if you're 120 over 80, but you only sleep six and a half hours a night, you're slightly underhydrated, you're not really exercising like you should be. All of these things now go back into friction on the inside of your artery. Yeah. And pressure is a major, major friction. So just imagine we put that... Uh, hammer in your hand and now some kind of vice grip comes along and squeezes your hand down harder on that the amount of pressure that's that your skin has to respond to is, is more right it's going to be, build a bigger callus uh imagine if you pick up a hammer and for whatever reason somebody coated it in sandpaper and now you're so your skin has to respond to that right mm -hmm. All of those things are the complex process that goes into atherosclerosis that equals heart attack stroke. Hmm. So for people to say, and I've asked a hundred people, they're on the blood pressure medicine. We're going along and I'm, you know, talking to them. I'm like, well, why are you taking that blood pressure medicine? And they all hitch and they say, well, I have high blood pressure. Yeah, I know. But what's your goal? Uh, I don't know. The doctor gave it to me. Your goal is to not have a heart attack stroke. That's the only reason why you're putting that pill in your mouth every day. It doesn't make you younger, smarter, better, faster. It doesn't, you're not accomplishing. You're just so, staving okay, off. Okay, so let me ask that. So if, you're high, if your blood pressure is, what, 130 over 90 or something okay. like that. Now I take the And you drop pill, it down. Yeah. And I drop it down. So I just took away the friction. 
We're good. You right? reduce some of that friction. That's right. I, I got it down to yeah. whatever, 120 over 80. That's right. I'm good. Why yeah. not just take that I agree. blood pressure? And that's exactly what our culture says. Take a little blood pressure pill. Right. Take a little cholesterol pill. Take a baby aspirin every day. Take all these things to lower the friction. You and I are saying, or put a little more water in there. Right. Do take it, your do wife out on a date. Because, okay, well, but let's come over a little bit. So is that blood pressure pill itself, in and of itself, is it bad? Are the side effects from it that no bad? No, no. The, these are things people take for you know thirty, forty. So it's years. not. So but again, I want to. I'm trying to back into it. So we're saying, okay, if you can take the blood pressure, take the friction down. Okay, you you literally have less friction. You're going to build less calluses. That's a good thing. If we're saying the pills, not really. There's not some horrific side effect from it, like there may be from other pharma pharmaceuticals. Yeah. You know, that's good. But then we're still not addressing what is it in your life over here that was causing that high blood pressure because it's going to have ramifications elsewhere. So maybe That's you right. can control. It's it's the an analogy here is let's say you've got uh, the hull of a boat and and, and, and the, the water is touching all along the boat. The friction mm-hmm. is is there. And, and let's say there's a leak in the boat called blood pressure and, and now it's getting in creating more of a callus in that other analogy and you go and take that pill and you plug the hole mm-hmm. but the water is still touching every, the friction is touching every other aspect of your life it'll get in somewhere else somewhere it's that that was my point it's going to manifest so maybe you're controlling the blood pressure that's but it's right. going to work to manifest over here that's right and you are going to get diabetes or elevated weight uh, okay right like yeah. we said weight isn't the initial thing, the initiating process that's causing blood pressure. And, and but that's where I would go back to Will Smith to say, so here he is. And it seemed like, and I, and I don't, I don't remember what his blood pressure was, how elevated it was, but enough that a doc, somebody along the line that I'm sure was very ashamed when this show came out, <laughs> well, gave, I don't know, gave him a blood pressure medication. He's saying, and there, and it was, it was taking care of it. It was moderating that. Well, yeah. He wouldn't be ashamed. This is normal American right. medicine. But what we're saying is, but whatever he was doing to cause a high blood pressure, it was it was it, it was eroding something, something else somewhere. Else. That's right. And and then we have to say, okay, look, we're not saying you can live life in such a way where your your hole never touches the boat. Erodeless. Where you're erodeless. That's right. that's like a boat that's in midair. Right. The boat is still made to be in the water, and over time, the boat will leak enough to die. Eighty or ninety years, the water is going keep to telling get me in. I'm going to die. You're All going this to effort die. At some point, you are pre death. Thank God. So there's a good way to die. Yeah. And, and all we're saying is how can we live life in such a way as to keep the leaks out for as long as possible so that I can do the thing that a boat needs to do called husband, father, mission, and all of these things. And, and at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. So then your next question that we have to get back to is, okay, how, how do we patch the holes of hypertension? If I have high blood pressure, let's start there. If I have high blood pressure, what is your 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 most affirmative action yeah you action. keep saying that word I I, it's a proactive action well but i, but I mean like what's it, the are you going to go and say okay number one your yeah. biggest my biggest call out to you is go sleep longer or is it stop eating that or stop stressing yeah okay so for hypertension there's two famous cases and this will then be the preamble to say okay what are we going to do about this so Two patients come in, one right after the other. One's a 30, uh, let's say he's 28. He's uh, significantly overweight. He plays video games all day long. He eats Doritos and Hot Pockets. He's got hypertension. And I say, look, man, you're, you're, it's high enough. We need to start a medicine and get get after this thing and, and treat the underlying cause. Mm-hmm. And I give him lisinopril, common first, you know, give him. Uh, and then the very next patient is a 55-year-old guy. looks like you. He runs marathons. Um, he's a business owner, uh, uh, but he's going through, uh, his business is failing. Uh, he's, his marriage is over here. His kids are over here. He's completely stressed out, but he exercises like a fiend. He eats perfectly. What medicine do I give him? Right. Okay. The exact same one. Yeah. So that to me was one of the beginning places of my transition to functional medicine. I thought this is ridiculous completely different uh, uh, disease processes, causes, completely different. They get the exact same Band-Aid, 
right? Like if it, it just yeah. is so broken. But, but that, but that is true. So, so you got these two people and the initial acute care is the same. It's the same. But now coming back and say, if, if both of them wanted off of that bandaid, then the prescription's different. We've got to start with, that's right. It's like one guy comes in with the acute bleed, like yeah. you said before, and one got accidentally cut with a very clean machete, whatever else. And another one uh, came in from a car wreck or whatever else. They're, they're still going to get a Band-Aid. So they're going to get a Band-Aid. But, no, but just to make the, the differentiation, the young kid who's on the couch playing video games, you may say, okay, first prescription for you after the Band-Aid is get your butt off the couch and go walk. And to the 50-year-old businessman is get your butt on the couch. <sighs> and take a take, breath. Take a breath. Okay. That's right. Okay. So now you can see in They're this right. particular case, when you say, okay, give me the five pillars of hypertension. I'm like, ah. It depends that, on the causation. It, yeah. It's like to the guy who's in a war, we're going to say, get in a foxhole. Right. <laughs> to, to the guy whose dog is biting him, get rid of your dog. It's, yeah. it's so, and, and yet this is one of the reasons why it's so hard for people to wrap, for lay people to wrap their brain around blood pressure and cholesterol, the main killers of Americans. We know the problem. We know it. Well, and look at what you just said with those two make believe, well, but that are true, you know, clients, uh, patients that for you to do that, if they come and I'm going to pick, so I'm going to, I want to take a second to pick on the American medical system. If they come in with a problem or with it for a checkup and they get, Oh gosh, your blood pressure is just, you know, jacked. There is not a place. So to not pick on the doc, he does not have the opportunity to dig in and figure out what's going on. He has the opportunity to go, gosh, you got high blood pressure. You need a, a, a pill. And he's got 10 minutes to get to the next that's patient. Right. That's how the system and, runs. And let's go one. That's how the system runs. And let's go one step further because we're smart people. And, and both of these, you know, the let's say it's a 28 year old MIT student. He's brilliant. But he's still 300 pounds. He still has high blood pressure, still eating Doritos. And let's say the- He has areas of brilliance. He health has, is not one of them. Health is not one of them. What is the last thing he wants to hear from me? Change his life. It, it, Style. Yeah. And the same thing with this brilliant CEO. What's the last thing he wants to hear from me? Yeah. He thinks he's a, he, 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 he's like, wait, you're going to tell me how to run my, I'm going to go find a new doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, and he might not say it that way. He might not go, how dare you or whatever else. He already knows he needs to relax and go to bed on time and not have a nightcap. And I mean, all the things the CEO stress people do. Mm -hmm. And the video game guy knows he should eat right and not, you know, do Doritos and go exercise. He already knows that. But, and so the and why system- why not just take a pill? And why not just take a pill? Unless, so a trillion right. dollar system is there to feed into yeah. that. It's subconscious awareness of- I remember being told as a resident, so late night, it's not like it was 1940. This was called the year 2000. We know the problem, but they won't do it. The patients is not going to do it. So don't waste your time. You've got to take care of other people. This is the standard of care in America. Here we go. And in the military, I, I got a lot of people to take care of. And when I did actually go color outside the lines, I got sort of my hand smacked. Uh -huh. It's like, you know, you're creating a problem here. You're not fit. You're trying to patch holes the way we don't patch holes. Like I was getting outside the boat, trying to, you know, buff no, up the hole or whatever. You were trying to repair a hole. I was trying to repair and the, it. the job is patch it. And the job is patch it. You got to apply that Band-Aid. And the American medical system does a great job of applying Band-Aids. A great job. But so we're back to this truism. If you are going to get in a car wreck or going to be in, you know, get hit by a bullet or get bit by a dog, you want to be in America. Or live a lifestyle that degrades your health. Or if you're going to live a horrific, no, well, yes, <laughs> true. We, the this American metal system is built yeah. for you. Yep. Because on, but if you don't want depression, anxiety, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, obesity, if you don't want to feel stressed out, you're in the worst place on the planet because we'll band-aid that thing for the next 40 years and you will never get outside of that. Out from you will never you will patch that a, hole. You will live at a lesser capacity for a shorter time. You will always leak. Yeah, yeah. I so 
<laughs> How do we wind up on that one? I was on my high horse a little bit. Uh, no, but. it's it's good. Well, you're still coming. You're ultimately coming down and saying, you know, so what? What is if if obviously if you want to not well get hot? That's right. They are there pillars, and I would say this is the quintessential example where the pillars are the things we always talk about. Yeah, it is the stress awareness, the the hydration awareness, the exercise awareness. Um, um, the nutrition, the whole foods of course, and, and not the processed it, foods that happen to have the salt that they've keyed in on for high blood pressure. So, so don't succumb to the American sort of culture that says, "Oh, it's genetic. Oh, it's salt." Uh, and thank goodness you have really good benefits that cover a doctor's visit. And, and when you have high blood pressure, here's this pill, and you can take it and, and live a long time. That is going to set you up for maybe living a long time, but at a less resilience, less capacity, your boat's going to be risk. more leaker and you're a higher, higher risk. Because if we look at the big things like Parkinson's and dementia and whatever, those are the things that I think are the scariest for people our, our age and our, our, our demographic. Well, and let, let me, I don't know exactly what you meant by right there, but the, the scariest thing is blood pressure, cholesterol It is heart attack, stroke. Well, yeah, that's what kills people is that's what is the main number one. Yeah. But I'm just saying the things that lead up to that are also the things the, that lead the, up to yeah. the other thing. And I'm scared yes. of all of them. I don't, want any, of, I don't want any you of them. Be, that's right. Uh, so the proactive, like you say, affirmative way would be, okay, then run a face, go a different direction, change your mind. We well, talked to, to, back to family history. If, if you're concerned about family history of high blood pressure and heart attack, whatever, look at the family habits and make sure you're not doing those. And don't do those. Yes. All right, friends, thanks for tuning in on this. I hope that gave you some insight on things you can do in regards to high blood pressure, if you have that, or how to avoid high blood pressure. Thanks, as always, to Randy, Dr. Randy James. You can find him at truelifemedicine.com. If you enjoy the show, let us know. Leave us a rating, a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can see these episodes and comment and I'll respond on YouTube. Find me at kevinmiller.co. You can find me at that same thing, kevinmiller.co at all the social media where we've got our clips and our reels and whatnot. And check out my book if you haven't, What Drives You on Amazon. Learn to master your own inner drive. And until next time, friends, stay driven. Yeah. We have a lot of entrepreneurs in the What Drives You audience, so I've got a podcast for you, The Side Hustle Show with host Nick Loper. Nick showcases how you can make extra money through stories and ideas of regular people who made it happen, and that's what I appreciate about the show. We so often hear about the unicorn ideas, and we don't hear the regular stories of regular people doing fairly regular things, like Shelly, who started a travel blog in 2020 and now brings in 50000 bucks a month, or Lenny, who started renting out mobility scooters makes three grand a month. You'll hear stories of people reviewing Amazon products, washing windows, and you'll find inspiration from something that can work for you while you keep your day job. Check out The Side Hustle Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app or at sidehustlenation.com. You can actually answer a few short multiple choice questions at hustle.show and get a personalized playlist of the episodes that'll be most relevant to you. The Side Hustle Show.